0: TSN 1050 on the TSN app. Up on TSN two. Brian Azio, Doug Jeff O'Neill, Jamie Noodles, McClennan, our buddy Sam Mitchell. Later in the hour, see if he's got any Scott Foster stories.
1: And uh, check in on the handicap for me, please.
0: Yes, yes. we will. We'll, we'll make sure that we circle back on that. See how Sam's playing. If he's still out there with Barkley, if he's winning money, hey, losing is, this money. This is what
1: I. I believe I'm gone when you're on with Sam.
0: Yeah, this is how
1: I time. would like you to phrase it. You can say, "Oh, dog ask me to ask you this. What's your handicap player? Because <laughs> <Okay. laughs> that's how I ask him.
0: Is that how you ask? Right, okay, I'll yes. see what I can do for you. I can't give you a guarantee, but I'll, I'll see what I can do. So uh, Sam's coming up later this hour. The uh, Leafs are in New Jersey tonight. I, I'm seeing Mark Masters, his note of the projected Leaf lineup tonight. And there's a few different things that stick out. One, that Samsonov is back between the pipes, which I, I'm not surprised by. Like, Murray, they're, they're still going to ease him in. But It was three yeah. days ago they played. It's not like he couldn't play tonight. But Samsonov will go. But the projected lineup suggests Michael Bunting is a, on a, a line with Holmberg and Steves on the fourth line. Like, Michael Bunting is playing with two American Hockey League call-ups
1: tonight. Am I am I missing something like he's been that bad where he, he's yeah. a fourth-line demotion? <laughs> it seems wow. extreme. And maybe me. production might be down. Maybe some fancy stats. I don't know. Might be down. But one of the few guys that plays with a general intensity every night, and I know yesterday we talked about where to direct that intensity, but I, I don't know, man. I don't know. Uh, and Lilligren, apparently he's coming out and the coach addressed him saying he needs to address his game and step up his game. Don't say that. Don't say that. Just say it's a numbers game and be truthful. Because there's other guys that have been garbage, too, and they're not coming out. So don't say it's about performance and you need to step up your game. Because that's not fair to him. And I used to get pissed off. And I used to, When I got a little bit older, I'd be like, oh, it's performance-based, huh? And I'd get a little pissed off, and I'd be like, well, what about that guy? He's awful wow. right now. Awful.
2: Yeah. Why isn't Lillegrin...
1: he sitting? And then he'd be like, Bleh. they don't know what they're talking about. So you've you got to be careful of what you say.
2: I, I think Lilligren's coming back in, though. Is it correct? Yes, like, he missed the last two games, in. but he was he a healthy. But, but it's a numbers game, too, though. Oh, like they've got internal competition. They acquired Luke Shen. Like he, you you got to make sure that he's in. I know that but was... noodles. Just keep it even keel with
1: everybody. I know there's certain guys you can't scratch, but just say... The six best guys are going to play, and we're going to make an assessment on that. That's very fair. simple.
2: I just don't know. Like my point is that you don't say that to Giordano. You don't say that to Morgan Riley. You don't say that to TJ Brody because they've they've earned that. This is is Timothy Lilligren earned the right to be in the lineup every night, or Justin Hall, or you know some of the guys that are fighting for that Timmons. Like, no, I don't to think me, they have. To me, you lay no. that out as a coach, and you go. Hey, who wants who wants that spot? Jamie, I totally ahead.
1: agree. The point I'm trying to make is when there's other vet though some of those guys you just mentioned, when they're terrible and you're saying he's out of the lineup based on his performance, it's like, well, other yeah. guys were bad or just just as you're, wor- you're right. you know, it's as a player you're frustrated because you're like I've been in in meetings where it got pretty heated, where there'd be be the the lineup board, and I'd be like, so that guy's playing, and and I'm out. Is that what I'm to understand? (laughs) And I would tell the coach every time, I'm going to watch that guy like a hawk, because if he sucks tonight, I better go back in. (laughs)
2: <laughs> I get what you're saying, and, and but I don't think Lilligren could be like, you know what, Morgan Riley's struggling a little bit. I'm going to be watching him. Like, like for you, you're going in meetings. You're not watching Ronnie Francis. You knew Ronnie Francis. JP just got
1: in my ear, and he says, I watch Hayes every day, and I tell JMac if he sucks, I want in.
0: Oh, is that right? Yes. I didn't realize that he was a healthy scratch. I thought JP was working. Yeah. I thought <laughs> he was in the he's lineup. Yeah, JP's on the roster. JP told
1: are... me he's out right now for
2: performance-based reasons.
0: Well, that's a shame. I now, think he needs a shot. I, you, I he, you, think he, <laughs> he deserves a shot at some point.
2: You know who's out for performance-based reasons? Al's brother. That's the guy that got pulled from the roster yes. because he jammed you up in the NFL draft. Oh, that's the guy that got that pulled That is valid.
0: Up. Al's brother, that is valid. I, I think... I think there's a common ground between what both of you are saying is right. that everyone understands Morgan Riley's not coming out. That's who we're all talking about here. Let's just, let's just call it what it is. Morgan Riley has been awful at times. Awful. He's not coming out. But he's also been on the team longer than anyone. He's got an A on his jersey. He's got an eight-year deal coming up. He's not coming out. Not, he's not getting healthy scratched at any point is he getting I under, healthy scratched crazy just, so, just, just they're
1: not like times the we're not connecting on the same wavelengths today and i don't know why i just
0: <laughs> i'm agreeing with I, you at the okay, same okay as a
1: player it's tough to understand where the coach is like oh, it's just performance based you got to pick it up a little bit and you're mm-hmm. like Man, there's two or three other guys that stink to join out right now, and you have yeah. the audacity to say that to me. Yes. It's a tough yeah. message to receive.
2: Yeah. I, I, the only thing I would say in your defense of, of that O is if you were coming off your all-star season or you were eight years into your career and they're doing that to you, that's where I, I would have a problem. We're talking about young no, guys that are, you know, noodles, if that happened the, to you when the, you're the, eight years you're, in, noodles, then I'd have a problem. The
1: Fergler. The Fergler pulled me out of the lineup. He he said, I told the Fergler, I had my my labrums torn. Like, uh, we're out of the playoffs. Why am I playing? No, I just keep playing. I can't confirm or deny what you're showing. What? (laughs) And then I keep You guys know the drill. I keep playing. I get to 19, and the Fergler's like, you're out.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah, I understand that. And different context for different players. But getting back to bunting, what I'm curious about, because this is a message, if O'Reilly and Tavares were healthy, would they? Would he be taken out? Because Bunting's no different than Lilligren, in my opinion, in terms right. of, yes, he's been riding shotgun with the big boys. Last year he had a great year. This is not a guy with 800 games in the bank. No, This is not a guy right. who's got a five-year contract. This is a guy who was in the American Hockey League two years ago.
1: You know what? Right. I will tell you one thing. I think the guy deserves... This is just to get a kick in the rear end to get him going because I think he's a real quality player. I think he's a valuable player, and this is just to get him going, and it's a kick in the rear end. I I like like what he brings uh, to the table, and they don't have enough of it, and he's just got to play better.
2: Well, that's what it is, and why not do it with 18 games left instead of doing it three games before the playoffs? You want to get him. You're pressing buttons. You're making sure that everyone is laser-focused, and I don't have a problem with it. I don't think he's played to his capability. I think there's a, a, somehow there's some entitlement that's reached, you know, gotten into his game where it's like, Hey, I'm a top liner. Can't touch me. Can't do this. And not getting the call. Get back to what, Got you onto Matthews and Marner's line last year. Get back to very that. Very simple
1: routes. It's yeah. get in the corner, be physical, get the puck and roll up behind the net to the superstar, and then get to the net and cause problems. Exactly. That's a very simple approach, and that's what he has to focus on. Well,
0: Great. again, this is where it does get complicated with possibly the ego of a player and the mentality of a player because he's going to look at it and say, I'm playing with two guys who were with the Marlies 24 hours ago. So, yeah. even when I do that and I get it in front of Steve's, is he going to do what Matthews can do? If I get it to Pontus Holmberg, is he going to do what Marner can do? It's like no. your ego
1: with me and Noodles when you start shaking your head at us. That's, that's like well, you.
0: That, uh... Right. And you're Holmberg <laughs> and you're Steve's.
2: Yeah. Yes. That's exactly yeah. right. And you're the right. Fergler. And you're the Fergler, <laughs> but, <yeah. laughs> but you know what? You're right. But it, it, it's, that's how big the fine line or how close the fine line is. You just said it. Two years ago, he was playing in Arizona's farm team. All of a sudden, last year, it's lightning in the bottle. You're playing with two rock stars a guy who won the heart and a guy who get close to 100 points or pays for 100 points, mm-hmm. an all star. So, you know, you're not on that line. What do you bring? Now, all of a sudden, you've got, you know, Steves and who is it? Anderson? Holmberg. You the, Holmberg, Hol- and Holmberg and Steves. Sorry. Holmberg and Steves passing you the puck. It's going to look, look a lot different, so you've got to find a way to develop your game with those guys so you can get an opportunity to go back up.
0: Absolutely, and I think if he shows that, he will, and he should, because if he gets right. back to the impact player he was a year ago, he's very valuable. Like They've they sure. got to have him. They're, there's you know there's a number of guys. They've got to jolt here. All right, so we're moving up, confirm or deny. Usually 6.05. Let's fire it up today.
1: Let's get rocking. Don't play, play the game. please. No. No. Oh. I can neither confirm or deny that, uh, that this is <laughs> in fact a segment.
3: Austin trades Andrew Raycroft to Toronto in exchange for the rights to Tuca
1: Rass. It's been my honor and a privilege to serve as the general manager of the Toronto Maple Leafs hockey club. It's time for confirm or deny. Do you regret uh, giving all those gentlemen the no trades or no movement clauses? Well, I, I can
3: neither confirm or deny that. I can't confirm or deny
0: all right, confirm or deny is brought to you by Don Valley North Lexus. Right now, enjoy lease rates from as low as 4.9% on the NX 250 Signature Series. Visit DonValleyNorthLexus.com for all the details. All right, we talked about Bunting, we've talked about Lilligren. Confirm yeah. or deny, getting Morgan Riley going is the Leafs' top priority right now.
1: Deny, it's Austin Matthews. This this guy needs to – I don't know if he's injured. I don't know if that Ben check to his ribs is kind of lingering around, but he is the guy of all the things that we've been talking about the last month, the guys that we brought in and upgrading the D and figuring out the – he's the he, – like, he's the alpha dog, man. He's the big dog, and he is the most important guy that needs to be firing on all cylinders come playoff time.
2: Yeah, I mean, I – I agree with that, but was the question right now, or is it for playoff time? Because I think there's still p- plenty of time. Like I would like to see Morgan Riley get on into a groove. I think Austin Matthews is just close to it. Like he's he's kind of around it, but he could dial it in. Where where Riley looks a little bit disjointed. So I'm going to agree with it. Where I'd like to see Morgan Riley because if his confidence falls into place. All of a sudden, maybe Matthews gets a perfect pass on the power play. Maybe he gets a, a couple looks where I agree with you, Oh, Matthews looks disjointed, but I think Morgan Riley has much more to come, like, as far as getting his game in order.
0: Yeah, and and what could be concerning is that I think you can make arguments for Matt Murray being the top priority. That could right. be their number one goalie certainly make arguments for Morgan Riley. That should be their number one defenseman. And you just made an argument for Austin Matthews, their number one centerman. Not exactly an ideal situation a month out. Goalie, D, center, we're all questioning where are they at, can they get going.
1: Don't go all leafy on me. Don't do it.
0: It's the facts. It is a reality. Like You just made the case for Matthews. Again, I think you can make a strong case for for Murray, but I'm going to confirm this because – Matthews has had ebbs and flows, and he has a longer history of being a guy. Once he gets rocking, it is at an elite level. Matt Murray has been doing this for years. I don't trust it. I'm not sure if he'll be available. I'm not sure where he's at, but I'm also not sure how you can poke and prod. I don't know how you get him going outside of just staying healthy and playing. Riley has been an issue all year. He's had injury problems, and he hasn't played well. And this is a team that is void of a true stud number one D. I believe there's only one guy that can supply that, and it's him, right? It, I'm not saying you got to be Paul Coffey in '85. You don't have to be Ray Bork or Bobby Orr, but you got to be close to kind of what Latang can do. You know, you got to be close right. to other guys who are number one guys. And I think every day that passes, every game that passes, you know, that's another opportunity to to spark him and for him to be sparked. And I think it's a priority. I, I think he's got to get going where you can trust him against anyone, where he can supply offense and supply production. He's not a mess defensively, and it filters in everyone appropriately, right? Where O'Shen's playing, where Giordano's playing, he, right. I think, is the linchpin for all of that. And I, I think it is a, a top priority right now. The top priority is getting him going. Um, the Raptors would be in L.A. playing the Clippers. Confirm or deny. Kawhi versus the Raptors is still a sentimental matchup.
1: No way. Deny, deny, deny. For some reason, it seems like 23 years ago, Kawhi was on the raps. I don't know why that is. COVID might be a factor. But it seems like any kind of like animosity or adoration or whatever you want to call it about him being here, it's gone up in smoke like ninja dust. And I don't know why that is, Hayes. That's just the sense I get. Please respond.
2: I... I I mean I just think there's too much turnover. Like there there's you know, it, it's 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 been too far removed. We've asked this this question how many times is how long does Messiah get the honeymoon after the win and Nick Nurse and all that? And what do we say? It's four or five years, six years? Like it just it feels like Kawhi was a lifetime ago. I think the excitement or the animosity or anything has been removed.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm with you guys. I, I'm denying it i i feel like there's more also there's a lot that goes into this one it was four years ago covid is huge right like covid has changed the way we look at the world covid's and like
1: a 10 year tax when you're referring to anything in the past
0: it is anything pre-covid feels like an eternity 80s. ago. Yeah. and there also was never a personal connection with kawaii It was purely a business transaction that worked out incredibly well for both sides. Mm -hmm. And the fans got to ride that wave, and Kawhi was spectacular, and what he did in the playoffs was amazing, but he didn't open up. He's never opened up. No one knows Kawhi. The only time you you saw that guy
1: was a month after they won the championship. He showed up at a Blue Jays game, and that's the only time you (laughs) ever saw him about the city.
2: That was it. That was you know, it. He
1: got in his car, underground parking lot, up to the locker room, and then left.
2: There was right. one other sighting. Don't don't you remember right near the end? I think him and his wife or whoever, like, they were in Niagara Falls. Like, yeah, that was right before the, the Jays game.
0: <laughs> You're right. They were doing the whole tour. <laughs> and then they went like, to Home Depot or something and got a like, bunch of bags and people yeah, like these done.
2: Exactly. It was like... Yeah, we might, we've been up here for a year. Might as well check the place out because we're leaving. That's what it was. He, I right. think he went down to Niagara Falls. You're right. Went to Home Depot, and then that was it. was gone. Gone.
0: Yeah, and, and because of that, because he left, I, I think there's still more of an attachment to Kyle, to even DeMar, right, yeah. I, I, as opposed to, to Kawhi. All right, confirm or deny. This is one that we are going to get to on Trade Center, and we got cut off because – A seventh rounder got traded for an American Hockey League player, so we couldn't continue (laughs) with the (laughs) bid. But let me try to set this up properly, all right? If the NHL were to start from scratch, so all 32 rosters are wiped out, and every NHL player and every NHL draft-eligible player were available, you're starting a franchise from scratch, if that hypothetical were to take place, confirm or deny Connor Bedard would be a top five
1: Confirm. A hundred percent confirm. He's going to get 90 to 100 points next year. Where that's going to be, I don't know. Bill Daly's going to do the real draft lottery in the next month or so. But he would be a top five guy picked. Because if I was picking, I would pick him.
2: Yeah, Deny for me. Like, a hard deny. You know guys, I mean? uh, you guys don't believe denying.
1: me. I know you guys don't believe me. Well, you don't right. believe the hype, and you guys think I'm a dummy. It's not. And that. my assessment just... on players has been way off in the past. You guys have had some doozies as well, but yeah. I think I'm right on this one.
2: I just, I mean, I would have a tough time going past Vasilevsky, McCarr, Dreisaitl, McDavid, like, you know, guys like that who are literally put up and, and do it every night. And, yes, I, I believe that Bedard is going to be in that conversation, but I'd be fine. I mean, Jack Hughes, you are going to watch exactly. this kid play tonight. This
1: Jack
0: kid's 21.
2: Hughes. Oh, yes. now
1: we go. I, here we go. It is. Okay, it's so, the so, truth, okay. though.
0: If you're building – like, Hughes is here, and he's doing it, and he's 21. And right. he's going to be a 100-point guy for the next decade. The song
1: yeah. says it. He's like three hues wrapped up in one devil. No, he,
0: no he's yeah. not.
2: It's
0: a great lyric, but that's you yeah. know, that's a Bob Dylan type lyric from Duffy. But
2: I, I just, I, I, you know, I want to see it. I'm excited for Bedard. I'm really excited for Bedard. But right now, I mean, I think it's recency bias. I've watched him play ten times. Oh, you've seen him in person. You, you have that recency bias the other way. I respect that. But right now, I just I look at it, and I, I value the players that are right in front of me.
0: Yes, I, I'm denying it as well. And and listen, I'm not saying Bedard would maybe get outside of the top 10 for me, certainly not top 15, but McDavid, Dreisaitl, Matthews, McCarr, maybe Jack Hughes. McKinnon's still 27. You, you tell me right. you're not taking a decade of McKinnon where you know who he is and what he is? You mentioned Vasilevsky. There's, there's a bunch of guys in the league right now. Pasternak is young. You know, there's, there's guys who are here already. Like, Bedard may be better than... He's not going to be better than McDavid.
1: How about we make a deal right now, okay?
2: We did. Sure. We already had this trade, but yes, let's no, do no it.
1: Middle of November of this coming year, okay? Not that you two are going to remember this, but try to I'm remember it. Middle of November. If Bedard is in the top five in scoring in the NHL in mid-November... You guys admit you're wrong at 4 p.m. mid-November, and that Friday becomes a personal day. Retroactive to Bedard.
0: Why November, though? That'll be like a month into the season. I I don't... Yeah. Because then
1: you'll realize what you're dealing with here.
2: I, I say we do it in December. He's got to at least have 25 games in the league.
1: Yeah,
0: I'll give you 25. And even that... Top five in points, he won't be top five in points. Okay.
2: Because yeah, what if he's playing for Arizona? Exactly.
0: If he's at Arizona State University, who's he playing with? Also, on top of the up? deal, Chicago.
1: if he is in the top five, you both owe me 500 If he isn't, okay. what I'll you pay you up? $500. Yeah, what?
0: Oh, really? You're willing to put that on the line? Okay, yep. so
2: here's the other thing. 500 and you said you get a personal day, so let's do this. It's 500 the other way, and you do a, a, a Saturday show by yourself or something ridiculous because right, you, have something if you want a day off, way. you've got to do it the other way, too, right? Yeah, we gotta swing it's it got to work way. both ways. I'll
1: I do agree. a Saturday morning dog cast. A little dog cast. <laughs> okay.
0: Yeah, fine. Lock it in. Rod, JP, you guys are on the on the ball.
1: Dude, that thing's gone. That's gone they right now. That'll
0: never be remembered. No. I, listen, I'm not rooting against the guy. And, and listen lie. to what we're talking about. We're talking about a hypothetical reset of the league, and us saying not in the top five is, what,
1: insulting? Dude, it's been like this, No, no, it's the same crazy. all day long. It started with Danny Dimes, and then went into another thing, and now we're at this. We're not on the same wavelength <laughs> we're today. Connect, today. Not we're not on the same not
0: page. Not connected. Not well, connected
2: today. It's instead funny, of
1: this, funny. we usually do this. Today, It's that
0: a lot of that. A lot of that. Well, let's see if we can connect on this one. Confirm or deny? Augusta National will mix big PGA names with big live names on the Thursday and Friday threesomes.
1: No, they're not going to do it. Augusta National doesn't understand. I think they have an understanding that people would want to see Rory and Patrick Reed and maybe Tiger Woods in a group. That would be... I I would take the day off work to watch that. That would
2: be wild. (laughs) That
1: would be insane. Yeah. But... Augusta National, I think they're going to lean at saying we're going to put the live guys together and they can just talk amongst themselves and we don't want any problems out there. We That'd
0: don't be a want huge the, benefit for live. We man. don't
1: want to provide the theater that people want, which, like TV wise, maybe is a big mistake. I would love to see Rory and Patrick Reed. I want to see their handshake on 18 green amongst right. all of it. Right. Like
0: I, I think you had Phil. I think you you had Sergio. You put Sergio Dude, with Tiger,
1: Sergio oh. with Tiger and Phil. I I would fly down there and, and, and say I'm with TSN. I got to watch this. It'd be,
0: the, it'd be absolutely spectacular to see that live, you know, on, on TSN Plus. Like to watch, to get access of the three of them cruising around Augusta,
1: hating each other's hating
0: guts on each other. And <laughs> will Greg Norman be allowed? Like he didn't win, so he probably doesn't get invited. But could Norman yeah. get behind the gates?
1: What do you think they would do to that guy if he wheeled up there wearing the straw hat that he sharded in in 1986?
0: (laughs) I don't know. That's why I'm asking you. I mean, he he was the most famous person in the world in the 90s, according to you. I mean, I don't know. And whoever the guy, who was that? David uh, uh, Faraday said that.
2: Faraday said that. Okay.
1: Norman was one of the most famous people in the the 90s. We don't need to dig that back up. If he wheels up to the gate, I mean... I guess they can tell him to screw off. Maybe they let know. him in to wheel around. Cam Smith said he's going to wheel around the players this week. Right. Monahan was asked about it today. He
0: said it's awkward. Like, there's no defending champ. Cam Smith is the defending champ, but he's not here. It's the biggest tournament for the PGA. Uh, you know, not non-major. They run it. The players run it. And Cam Smith won't be there. Yeah, I and you touched
1: to on it yesterday, Hayes. There isn't like... They've been on the golf channel, like, running through past champions and their great shot. He's nowhere to be found. Yeah. Nowhere.
0: Nowhere to be found. Yeah. Anyway. Noodles, you confirming well, or denying the mixture uh, I'm denying of it, but PGA? I want
2: to confirm it. Like, I, my, my heart yeah. of hearts wants it, but I'm denying it. I just think the PGA is too stiff. They're not well, going to allow
0: it. Yeah, I'm denying it as well. I don't think, you know, Augusta doesn't want a circus. Augusta is bigger than all this, or they believe they are. But what they can't control is how it shakes out on Saturday and Sunday. That's right. the beauty of a real golf tournament, and making the cut, and and you know, golfing your ball, and finding out who you're going to play with. Where if you get a scenario where that final tee sheet on Sunday has DJ, Patrick Reed and Rory, you know, or whatever it is, I guess it'll be twosomes, I believe on on the weekends. Man, look out! Like, watch yourself because that is going to be rock. Somehow, type give material. me Phil
1: and Tiger, like fifth or sixth last group, like, in the mix somehow. Mm-hmm. Leaders are at 10 under, 3 or 4 under, Phil and Tiger.
0: Well, look at last year, right? The final pairing was Cam Smith and Scotty Scheffler. Like, there's, there's a PGA superstar, a live superstar. You know, it, it absolutely could happen again. Uh, Confirm or Deny was brought to you by Don Valley North Lexus. Right now, enjoy lease rates from as low as 4.9% on the NX250 Signature Series. Visit DonValleyNorthLexus.com for all of the details. All right, O. You're uh, off to connect with the panel. I think you're going to connect with Delphi and crew tonight. Yeah, and, I didn't uh, connect
1: with you today in some of your thoughts. I would like to chat with you via text privately regarding Danny Dimes.
0: Fine. I will <laughs> immediately begin that chat. Be prepared because the take is coming your way. And uh, say hi to the crew. You guys are going to be on the panel tonight. Leafs Devils. And we'll catch you tomorrow at 4 p.m.
1: We'll chat then.
0: Yes, we will. There's the O dog Jeff O'Neill. Sam Mitchell coming up. We got Steve Phillips still to come. Mike Johnson as well. Johnny calling the game tonight. Leafs Devils. We'll look back on the Raptors game last night. Jokic going for the three, Pete. A lot to get into with Sam. Overdrive continues. TSN 1050 and on TSN 2. Leafs Devils on TSN 4. And uh, Steve Phillips a little bit later this afternoon as well. You know, the spring training, man, it just keeps going and going and going. I'm sure you saw our boy Keegan Matheson tweet out today, you say Kikuchi was like I was just to
2: say he's been what is that 7 innings and he's yes. been like on fire which is I mean you Guys are allowed to have off seasons. It's how you respond. But so far, so good. Are you getting excited? Are you a believer um, or not?
0: I would not go that far. You know, no. call me jaded as a sports <laughs> fan. Um, call me a cynic. You know, call me right. a tough marker. But seven innings in the spring is not the equivalent no. of you know 170 quality innings throughout no. a season. Um, but that's not what's expected, regardless of what he got paid. You know, the hype train. He's the fifth guy. That's it. Like, if Barrios can, can return to form or even get close to it, right? you're looking at Manoa, Gosman, Bassett, and Barrios. Those are your four guys. You know, right. So, Kikuchi, he's not really competing with anyone. You know, Mitch White, young guys, there's injuries. It's his job. He's going to break camp as the fifth starter. But right, to his credit, right. all you can do is take care of your business. That's all yep. you can do. And he hasn't been complaining. You know, he obviously had a good off season. He's shown up. Good start. It's all good. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll see what uh, Phillips can tell us about that in about an hour. But uh, the Raptors are still licking their wounds, man. They they played well last night. Nick Nurse really liked their game. They just they, yep. they couldn't close. And then Scott Foster came yeah. into play and to chat about that, <laughs> see if he's got any history with Scott. We're joined now by our TSN uh, Raptors analyst, Scott uh, Sam Mitchell, joining us here on the Maple Toyota Hotline. How are you doing, Sam? I'm
3: doing good,
2: guys. Sam, have you ever had any I guess personal interactions or problems with Scott Foster? We'll start it right there.
3: Uh I don't think so, guys. I I remember faces, not so much names, but I do remember Scott because I I ran into him uh often in hotels and things of that nature when I come up to do Raptors game, but no, I've never had an issue with Scott.
0: Yeah, it's interesting because, you know, like last night he, he tosses scotty Barnes, and you know scotty came on after the game and said he didn't he, he was talking to himself right and nick downplayed it and said there was nothing there but then foster comes out as the head official speaking with the media pool and says effectively scotty was questioning the integrity of the crew um you know as a former player sam like guys go back and forth with refs all the time guys are animated refs are animated do players understand what that line is though like when you start to cross it in terms of questioning integrity
3: No, because the line is different depending on who the player is, and that's the problem. I know I got myself in trouble as a young player when I would hear Carl Malone and Michael Jordan and Reggie Miller would say certain things to officials, and then I would say things and not thinking I was as nearly as harsh, and they would give me a tech. And what I realized, they're going to take more from the star players, then they do younger players or, or ancillary players. That's just how it is. That's just how people are.
2: Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, you know, a lot of times there is a pecking order uh, when it comes to star players and players that are, you know, below that star status. But it, to me, are you noticing a change even in, you know, the attitudes of refs and, and the interactions that are allowed maybe over time? Or has or it kind of always been the same?
3: I think it's about time for the refs to stand up and start tearing guys up and throwing coaches out. I mean, you cannot watch an NBA game without the players and the coaches crying and complaining on every call. Now, I get it. Some of the, the officiating has been bad. It has not been great. But you know this. You're used to this. You know you have a bunch of young officials cutting their teeth, trying to work games. And the only way you're going to get better refereeing games is to referee games. So at a certain point, the players and coaches got to grow up and understand it. But the referees, look, I liked it better when David Stern instituted the the no no whatever policy. They didn't take any crap because it's just too much. Look at Luca. Look at how guys act now. So I just think it's about time for the refs to uh, kind of straighten things out. And look, they're probably overreacting, and that's what you normally do to correct things. But – the players and coaches have gone too far.
0: Well, you look at that Raptor game last night, and you, you track these guys. You see them all the time. You see them live all the time. And I'm sure it wasn't surprising to you, Sam. It certainly wasn't to me. You know, the officiating factored in, right? There was the view, review process that took a couple of free throws off the board. Then, you know, Scotty gets tacked always up. Always
3: factor in. Always
0: going to factor
3: in. Always officiate always matters.
0: Right. That's, they play a huge role in the game. But when you break down what happened last night, the last two fifteen of in that game, Denver outscored the Raptors 13-2. Denver's the top team in the West for a reason. The Raptors are under five hundred for a reason. Like, isn't that really what it comes down to is that the Raptors all year in crunch time, they've had a tough time, you know, getting shots up and, and getting shots down.
3: Yeah, I'm going to say this, and I'm not skating it, but this is the thing. I played and I coach. And I got to know referees after I finished coaching. And I and a lot of referees, the ones who retired, live in Atlanta. So I run into them quite often. Guys, look what you're saying is it's like almost borderline cheating because they're they're leaning toward the home team, the better team. And I think it appears like that sometimes. But I just think sometimes officials get caught in the wrong spot. They blow the whistle. It it, it may look like a foul to them. In the naked eye, when you come back and look at the replay, it never is. But I'm just one of those guys, I know the officials, it's a hard game to, to learn how to officiate. I get what you're feeling, but if I agree with you, then I'm having to have to agree with saying a referees cheat. And I just don't believe that. Now, I think we got some bad referees, and I think they need to cycle them out. And, you know, maybe it's a two- or three-year period, and I think they go with guys – going people too long but that being said other than being bad i just think they don't cheat all right
0: i'm not saying they're cheating and and guys the refs are going to go you know one way they're going to go the other way you know last night denver they started performing late you know and, and putting the the refs aside sam the the raptors late in games you know they have a difficult time you know keeping up offensively. Again, they were they they were outscored 13 to 2 in the last 2:15 last night. Denver ended the game on a 23 to 10 run. Like that's you you coached, you played. But like but crunch
3: guys, time, you, you got to close. Yourself, but do you ever ask yourself why that consistently happens? And the reason this is how I think of it. You can play a certain way but 38, 39, 40 minutes, but when the game is tight, Your good players need to know when they're going to get the ball and what areas they're going to get it. The question I have or the problem I see is when you run a motion offense, a passing game offense, as the shot clock gets down, whoever gets the ball got to make a play. Mm -hmm. Now, that may work for 38 to 39 to 40 minutes of a game, but the last 8 to 10 minutes of a game, I want to run some sets to where I dictate where the ball goes, who it goes to, and the area in which they catch it. And now I'm giving my best offensive player the basketball in his sweet spot and I'm putting playmakers around it. That's just how I think. But when you run a motion offense, it's kind of like either the best catches it early and holds it to make a play, or he doesn't get it because of the ball movement and the defense
0: with Sam Mitchell. Yeah, no, I got yeah. you. And I'm curious if, if Nurse, you know, is is sticking to that game plan based on the horses he's got. You know, in other words, he he doesn't have Kobe in his prime where it's like get the ball to Kobe. You know, get the ball to MJ is is that maybe what factors into this philosophy is, you know, they don't have a killer offensively that, that you can just isolate and say go do what you got to do.
3: Well, it's not necessarily isolated but you can run a play where the ball turns over two or three times, and now let's say, for, for instance, Pascal Siakam or Scotty Barnes catches it at their elbow, and now he's got a 15-17 to footer, or with his athleticism, he's got one dribble and he's in the basket, and we've seen Scotty Barnes win games for the Raptors when you put him in that situation. All I'm saying is, I think when the Raptors do have a bunch of guys who are equally good, Then just look out on the floor and see who your mismatch is, who got the biggest mismatch, and put them in that spot, and basically you can run the same set.
2: Sam, does Jokic deserve to win the MVP three times in a row here for a third
3: time? Guys, I think so. I keep trying to to take it away from him with the way Joel Embiid and Giannis has played. I think Tatum has dropped off and Boston has dropped off. But when you look at Denver, when you look at the fact that he plays, he's available every night. And then guys, he's averaging, it's not like a triple double where he's averaging 15 points, 10 rebounds, 10 assists. No. He's averaging what, 27, 11, or 12. And so he ran in the shooting percentage. So he's in the top three in assists. He's in the top three in rebounding. He's in the top three or four in field goal percentage. Oh, and he's in the top 10, 10 in scoring. So, and his team is in first place by five or six games in the West. Yeah, guys, I think he's won it again. And they're not giving it to him. He's won it.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm with you, Sam. I, I used the baseball analogy yesterday that, you know, Otani, Shohei Otani, effectively replicated what he did the year before. The difference was Aaron Judge showed up and, and ripped it away from him. You know, it's almost like a yeah. heavyweight belt. It's like you want to come take it from me, you got to come take it from me. And Jokic just keeps doing what he's been doing. And there are other guys having great years. You referenced a few of them right there. But I don't think there's someone that's sticking out where you say, wow, like this guy's killing it. Like, you know, KD could have been that guy, I think, if he stayed healthy all year, possibly. But
3: I don't know. I don't see a guy who's head and shoulders. I ask myself this all the time. If I was starting the franchise today, not putting LeBron in it because he's older, who would I take? I would probably take Giannis but I would have to go to sleep and, and, and sleep on it between starting with Giannis and the Joker, because this is the thing about the Joker. As he aged, his game is not going to change because he don't rely on athleticism. So I may love Giannis the first 10 years, but the next 10, I may love the Joker because his game is not based on athleticism. So he, so theoretically, as long as he maintains his weight, which he's a total pro, he's showing that, he can still play at a high level. But when Giannis loses his athleticism, what happens because of his skill set? Because he's still not a great passer, a great shooter. So I would sleep long and hard about which one of those guys I would start a franchise with.
0: Yeah, that's saying something with Sam Mitchell. Yeah. And, and I think that speaks to why Nurse, you know, even though the, the Raptors lost, he was proud of his group and... I mean, they held held the Oakers to 17 last night, and, you know, he didn't put up a ton of shots. He was very efficient. Went one for one from three, six for six from the field, but only threw up eight shots, you know, and a lot of that was O.G. Ananobi.
3: Well, that, and you got size now. I mean, look, I like this makeup of the Raptors team. I really believe if they had a guy like Portal, if they had him from the beginning of the season, I think we would be looking at the Raptors as one of the top six teams without a doubt in the East. We well, now, Size yeah. matters.
0: Yeah, he's played now, really even well. If
3: he's not, even if you don't think he's doing anything, guess what? Somebody got to box him out every time because he's so big.
0: Yeah. No, so, and so he
3: makes you account for him on every possession.
0: That's precisely what he's done since he's shown up. I mean, he, he is a legit big. Like, he is a legit big. <laughs> yeah. and, and that's saying something, right? In this day where there's a lot of tweeners, you know, there's a lot of stretch fours. Like this guy, he's a legit pig uh, with Sam Mitchell. Who you got at the players this week, Sam? You got any any golfer in particular you got your eye on, or what?
3: Man, I tell you what, I love Bay Hill. I watched that tournament, and I was glad to see the young fella uh, take a step and win. Man, Rory's playing really well. I was shocked that John Ram kind of fell off, but I think he kind of needed that because he was kind of feeling himself too much. He had been so dominant. So I know this kind of cherry-picking, but I'm going to go with three guys. I think Rory, Ram, and I think a guy like Sam Burns, who last year played really well, he's kind of disappeared this year. If he can, he played a little bit better at Bay Hill, but he would be my my dog horse pick. Mm -hmm. I like it.
2: Well, uh, this one, Sam, this is O-Dog had to leave the, the show early to do some panel work. But I wrote this down word for word. He wanted me to ask you this question. So this is his words. How are you shooting it lately, player?
3: (laughs) Hey, man, I just came off the golf course. Dude, I played with a buddy of mine. Man, this guy, he had four birdies and a hole in one. Whoa. Wow. Yes. Four birdies. He beat the daylights. He beat... The brakes off me, the pants off me, my shoes, my watch. He undressed me on the golf course today. I mean, he hammered me to, in submission. We didn't even finish the last hole. I said, look, man, I can't take it no more. I can't keep looking at this. I, I picked my ball up and went to the range and wow. got a lesson from it. Dude, I've been killing this guy for months. He's been like my my pigeon. But he found something. I mean, he holed out a 212-yard par three over water, and the thing about it, two older gentlemen was letting us play through, and they witnessed it. Wow. So he had, yeah, we had witnesses out there. I mean, he had a a six-iron, 212 on a rope, one bounce in the cup. In front,
0: wow. like, that is a dream scenario because playing through sucks, man. You get nervous. You, yeah, like that water gets it's like an ocean when two guys are waiting and I for it.
3: I hit a four hybrid four feet from the pin, and I hit first. I'm feeling all good about myself. I'm giving him the needle, and he go drops drop the six iron in there for a hole in one on top of me. Wow, man.
0: <laughs> wow, we playing with Tiger Woods. Who you? Who's hit the six hey, iron? Hey, man.
3: Dude, my friend Damon, i tell you what, man. I beat him because he makes mistakes, but he is so long. Man, he hitting driver eight irons in the par five. I'm hitting driver four hybrids. I mean, right. I beat him because he makes mistakes at the wrong time. Like today, he we broke even today. But coming down 17 and 18, 195-yard par three, water on the left. He hooks it in the water. I make a par. I hit a five iron into the wind, and then on eighteen, I beat him. But again, this guy's so long. But today, he put it all together. Wow! I mean, he whipped me. Shout out! <laughs> he, Shout he, out! To yeah. you. He better be paying for drinks yeah. then, man.
0: That hole in yeah. one insurance—I don't know if it got paid or not—but that's something.
3: Yeah. Oh yeah. He owed a whole clubhouse drinks. He had to go. He <laughs> he had to leave today. But we're playing again Thursday, and I told him not only drinks but lunch and dinner.
0: That's right absolutely <laughs> all right sam we'll leave it there thank you for this we'll do it again soon
3: without a doubt guys
0: there it is sam mitchell our uh, tsn nba raptors analyst uh former player former coach of the year up here in toronto joining us here on the maple toyota hotline build your next dream toyota at maple toyota and check out maple toyota's pre-owned inventory arriving daily it's time to toyota visit MapleToyota.com. that oh, is a dream scenario man Ooh. someone waves you through that means you've been right on them. They probably yeah. don't like you. They're probably thinking, here we go. What do you got? Right? You're in such a hurry. Let's see what you got. And, and you, you, hole you drop on, a hole right in and one of... on a 212-yard par three with witnesses. That is a dream, dream scenario. And he was um, saying
2: that this shooter was – Damon was long. Like, what would you hit for 212?
0: 212, I'd, I'd be hitting probably a, a three-hybrid. Like may, maybe a four hybrid. Depends on the, the tee, depends on the wind, yeah you know, and, and how much room you have. The pins in the back, you're running it out. Yeah, I'd probably yeah. hit a four hybrid. I'd probably hit what Sam hit. But, wow. like, two twelves, that's a long part three. Par that's three, a long par three. That's a long par three. Wow. So, shout out to Damon, I guess. <laughs> um, Mike Johnson coming up in about 20 minutes. Leafs-Devils tonight. There's some lineup changes, some interesting ones as well. We'll get his take on that. McDavid doing it again last night down in Buffalo. We'll touch on that as well. And Steve Phillips still to come as well. Overdrive continues. TSN 1050 and on the TSN app. Overdrive has a pair of tickets to give away Leafs Hurricanes on March 17th. Every day this week, we will provide the clue to the identity of a current or ex-Maple Leaf player. And on Friday, you'll have a chance to call in and name that Leaf. Today's clue, this former Maple Leaf played more than 1,400 NHL games. More than 1,400.
2: Wow. Yeah.
0: I mean, who's like, that's going to really narrow it down, I would think. How many guys have played 1,400 in the league?
2: Not many. Like I'm, I'm thinking. Like, I mean, Ron Marlo. Francis. It's got to be
0: Ronnie Francis.
2: Ronnie Francis, Patrick Marlowe. But Patrick Marlowe is like could be seventeen hundred or whatever it was.
0: Could like, be Marlowe. That's an interesting number. Yeah, that's. I mean, if you right. say over seventeen hundred, then I think we know. Yeah. could be Joe Thornton. Could be Joe that's Thornton. That's
2: true. That's right. You know,
0: I. be one Mark of those Reck,
2: guys. Mark ever play here?
0: Reckie he never played here. No, yeah. never played here. Cordy Howe never played here. Yeah, How many guys exactly. have played that many games? I mean, it's a, a short list. Yeah, but there is. are a few Leafs. We just named a few. I believe Ron Francis played over 1,400. I know yeah. Thornton and Marlowe certainly did. So I guess you got to tune in for the rest of the clues.
2: Exactly.
0: You know, figure it out. Uh, Leafs in Jersey tonight playing the Devils. So uh, Samson, I will get the start. Bunting projects to be on the fourth line. you got Lilligren back in the lineup. He's paired with Morgan Riley. So we'll get into all that with MJ. And Connor McDavid doing it again last night at two-pack of goals. And, you know, storms through Western New York. They beat the Sabres. The Oilers are looking good. They're feeling good. We'll get into that more coming up as well in the final hour. Overdrive continues TSN 1050 and up on TSN 2.